Melanin and me, exploring the black woman's experiences in Britain. Hey lovely ladies, welcome back to Melanin and me. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to remind you how you can stay up to date with our latest content. We release episodes every other Thursday, so make sure to subscribe to Melanin and me on your preferred podcast platform so that you don't miss out on any episodes. You can also follow our inspiring content on social media by searching melanin underscore and underscore me on Instagram or find us on Facebook at Melanin and Me UK. If you felt empowered or motivated from any of our episodes, we love to hear it. So feel free to contact us by emailing melaninandme at yahoo.com or slide on in the DMs on our social accounts. Don't forget to share some love, drop us a review and share with any of your fellow queens who might be uplifted by tuning into Melanin and Me. For now, enjoy today's episode. Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Melanin and Me. Today, we are doing a special guest episode with the wonderful Dr. Susan Ozer, pediatrician and founder CEO of One to One Mentoring Charity. Today, we're going to be talking about coaching and mentoring and the benefits of it. So, but first and foremost, I want to introduce Susan. Welcome to Melanin and Me. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show, um, Raina and, and Ash. I'm very pleased to be here. Oh, well, we yeah. it's a pleasure to have you. We love having you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Susan, and tell us about a bit about one-to-one mentoring. Okay. Huh. Well, hmm, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say I'm Susan. Thank you for that introduction. And I um, I'm originally come from Ghana. Ghana is a beautiful Ooh, Ghana. 25 million, 25, 27 million in uh, people in, in West Africa. So I came here um, when I finished medical school, uh, probably about 25 years ago. And I'm wow. specialized in pediatrics and I'm currently a consultant pediatrician. I see children with um, disorders like autism, um, special needs, um, cerebral palsy. Um, so that's about me in terms of my, my, my work, my medicine, mm. the medicine I practice. But in terms of my philanthropic work, um, as Ash said, I'm a founder CEO of one-to-one mentoring a charity which is a registered charity and basically one-to-one mentoring it's a charity targeting and um, people in the BAME community and mm-hmm. it's basically using mentoring and coaching methods to ensure people achieve their full potential when they are at work and um, just using those methods to nurture their talents and more importantly because it's a BAME charity and, and targeted at BAME people um, we, it's all about um, navigating also barriers um, associated with race that would um, prevent somebody from fulfilling their full potential when they are at work. One-to-one charity uh, mentoring, we're also very interested in allyship. So despite the fact that it is a, a BAME charity, we encourage people who are non-BAME because we believe that as a community, when you have people from diverse backgrounds, you are stronger. Yeah. Yes. So yes. that's about us. And um, it's, it's, it's a charity that it, it's not just women, but it's also men, but it's mainly um, a charity that is led by women, black women. 
um, but we do have um, some key partners who are who are men as well. Yeah, so wow. that's, a, that's about one-to-one mentoring charity. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I've got a little story about Susan. So Susan is oh. the first black doctor that I have known and Woo-hoo. been in close proximity with. And she's also got a really? book as well. Yeah. So when you <laughs> told me about yourself, Susan, you were like, yeah, go and check out the book. So I went online and Googled it and I was like, oh my God, this woman is absolutely amazing. Oh, we need more Susans so in the world. Yes, we do. Yes, yes. So I do write for children. You're right, Raina. I write for children. I'm very interested in breaking down medical concepts. And it all started with the consultation when I was doing my consultations with children. And I realized that I, when at any time I utilize storytelling, you know, both the child and the parent would understand. They seem to understand more what I wanted to tell them about the condition or the disorder the child had. So then I one day just thought, okay, why don't I just experiment with just putting my thoughts on paper? And hey, you know, it became a book and and it's published. So, you know, I'm published under Susan Oza and also mm-hmm. Susan Yani, my former name. Absolutely <laughs> incredible, Susan. We, you are such an inspiration. What I want to know, actually, is like you inspire you inspire us so much. But mm-hmm. where and what inspires you, especially to set up the charity that you have? Well, like, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it all started with this George Floyd. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, George Floyd affected people in very, very, very different ways. And as a black um, woman with two black you know, young men, growing young men. Um, my two children, they're both in university. One has just started first year in, in the, at uni and one is doing his uh, master's at uni, um, just um, completing his university degree last year. And so that knee on George Floyd's neck was like a knee mm. on my own son's necks. And I'm sure every black woman, every black woman in this world felt the same way. So for me, that the anger and the frustration that I felt is what I channeled into setting up a charity that I felt that, you know, I, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking and I'm reflecting about it. And I'm I'm a woman of faith, right? Um, I believe very much in prayer. And when I'm when I have when I'm frustrated, I do tend to do a lot of meditation. And I just felt that, okay, if this is how I feel, if I have all these gifts for, you know, over all these years, then how do I then give back? Mm. So one-to-one mentoring is my giving back. It's, I have gone through a journey, a career journey. I've been able to navigate a lot of barriers associated with my gender, as well as my race. And the fact that I wasn't born here, and and yet I've been able to achieve what I have achieved. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was try, you know, giving back to someone who is just starting on their career journey and who might be able to benefit from some of the lessons um, that I, you know, I learned just um, progressing through my career. So I spoke to my friends about it. And they, without hesitation, came along. I mean, there was no hesitation at all. My friends just saw it. I remember, I mean, um, 
Ash, you know, you coach me. We're my personal trainer and we do a lot of coaching and mentoring together. And mm-hmm. um, I got the support from you and from my family as well, from my husband, my kids. And I thought, okay, it's, it's a gap we have. Most people have, we have these things, but they, te- they seem to be very fragmented. So why mm-hmm. don't you bring it all together under one roof, one stop shop where any, any person at all from BAME, even if they are non-BAME, if they want to come to one-to-one for reverse mentoring, diversity mentoring, ment- career mentoring, or coaching, they will have the people who are willing to provide that because they, our own mentors have also, they have experiences and they've also have to, they've had to negotiate a lot of barriers associated with their, their race progressing through their career. And every single mentor uh, is just um, ha- achieved, achieved, you know, the highest point of their, of their career. And so we felt that we'll, there'll be something that we could give to people who also wanted to progress. It's just so powerful, all the stuff you're talking about, about, you know, going back to the George Floyd comment. And, you know, I think that was such a, um, a, a, ta- a point in time where yes. it was so significant for so many people. And, you know, I think that we obviously had your support in our Let's Talk About Race um, episode that we kind of did online um, as a bit of a discussion about some of the challenges with racial discrimination and racism generally. Um, but one thing I'm just thinking, we've given this wonderful introduction for you about you being a doctor, you being a founder CEO, but also let's just recognize, let's take a second. You have two incredible young boys, Sam and Daniel, shout out that you've, um, (laughs) (laughs) that you've brought up into, um, you know, in this world and just, you know, shout out to all the mothers out there, you know, the black mothers who are also coaching and mentoring and supporting and loving their, um, their sons and their daughters as well. So I just wanted to drop that in because I think, you know, we, sometimes we, you know, put that aside and actually it's such a significant thing. It is, isn't it? It is. And you know what, one thing that I must add, um, you know, sometimes when you, you are starting something, you know, there's this assumption that is, there is a need when there may not be a need at all. Mm. So we decided to do a needs assessment. I decided to do a needs assessment to just to Mm. gauge whether, you know, it's, it's mentoring something that is actually needed in our community. So we conducted a survey and um, 62% said that they never had training in mentoring. That is a survey in professional black women. Mm. So yeah, and and obviously not just um, professional, those who are in a profession, but those in education, higher education as well. Mm. 62% said they never had training in mentoring with majority saying that they did not have access to mentoring training and wanted training if made available. Majority of respondents had never been mentored formally or mentored anyone by a formal um, arrangement. And people who had experienced formal or informal mentoring said they had benefited from this. Majority said that they had never been mentored, who said that they never been formally mentored said, said they would like to benefit from this in the future. I was very surprised and with my own story, um, I would say that I started benefiting from informal mentoring probably when I became a consultant. Mm -hmm. So one would ask, 
what what had I been doing all this while? <laughs> you know, um, and I became a consultant uh, probably 12 years ago, and I've been working in the NHS for over 25 years mm. and not had any formal or informal mentoring. But one thing I can say that it's almost like an exponential rise when mm -hmm. I started benefiting from informal mentoring from a colleague. She mm -hmm. was my colleague, and yet she imparted so much to me that made a difference. This is where I started writing, actually, and all the other benefits from, from me as, as a professional as well. I mean, again, I think there's sometimes a perception that mentoring has to be a sort of formal process and mm. often that's not actually the case. And I think you've you've started to touch on there when you started to receive mentoring when you're during your time as a consultant. But, you know, is there any other because obviously knowing that the, the pure benefit in having a charity like one to one and how that can give back to the community um, you know, it must be something that's very dear to your heart. Um, and likewise, I think we've all got stories um, individually that we will go into about our own journeys with coaching and mentoring. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, is there anything, is it that one instance with that colleague or what was the one standout um, experience that you had with mentoring coaching that really gave you that sort of um, enriching life experience where you really realized that this is a, a process, this is a experience, uh, a journey that you want more young people to go on? You see, the, the strange thing about the way my colleague imparted what she did with me was I, what I hadn't even realized at that point that this was mentoring, that she was actually mentoring me. And sometimes when mm -hmm. someone is just available to, you know, to be a soundboard or be a mirror, mm -hmm. you know, they are doing it out of the goodness of their heart because, you know, they are interested in your progress. Yeah. So it's very different from an appraisal. I'm an appraiser for, for doctors. I appraise doctors. So it's a very different process. Whereas with mentoring, you're bouncing off ideas. This mm. person seems to listen to you. Mm -hmm. They seem to be using the very good techniques, questioning techniques, listening techniques. Don't forget that as doctors, we most of our questioning techniques are is more um, geared towards diagnostic questioning. Mm -hmm. You see, whereas with mentoring and coaching is very different. The way you ask the question is very, very different. You don't think you're being, uh, I don't want to use the word in terms of it being neg negative, but interrogated. Sometimes doctors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> across us, we are being interrogated, you know. Whereas this was, you see this person was interested in me. And mm. so it's, it wasn't, a, I wouldn't say it was a, a particular thing that stood up. But it's more the fact that she was just interested in me. So it was mm -hmm. a generic input where I knew that I could trust her to yeah. bounce ideas off her and then she would encourage me. And then there were things that as a young consultant, as a new consultant, as, especially that you need to know your team. And I may be very enthusiastic about sharing things and, and she'll say, look, come on, step back a bit. You know, perhaps mm. you have to wait. You know, and, and that whole process of looking at me holistically, which is what a mentor does, although it wasn't the formal sessions every hour, you know, one day a week. And no, it was, you know, as if I needed her, I knew she was always there. And so I would bounce off my ideas, bounce off things and, you know, we'll look at it and she will 
try and tweak this with me. That's, so that was the experience that I would say stood out for me and has been standing out since because she still remains my mentor. I think that's um, one of the things about mentoring is such a unique experience of having somebody who's fully, completely and wholly interested in you and has mm. your best interest at heart. And, and it is that trust and that relationship. And I think probably, you know, one of the things that's key to this is the right person. So it's not necessarily a an automatic fit. It's not a one size fits all is you having that, you know, real strong relationship where you feel that you can open up you can give your whole self mm. to that person and and kind of um delve into some of the things because yeah. you want to improve ultimately so you have to be willing to you know show some of your potential weaknesses or areas of improvement so i think that you know that's that's definitely got a part to play um ray i know that you've been obviously doing um some of the volunteer mentoring and you've um you know got your experience with mentoring and coaching as well so what does yeah. this kind of throw up for you yeah, I was just reflecting back on my experiences and it was so different to um, Susan's. So I first got exposed to mentoring and coaching, um, to be coached and mentored, sorry, shall I say. Um, when I was working at Loughborough, I was what, 20, 21 then? And um, this opportunity to be mentored came up from um, one of the lead program leaders. And I sort of like took the opportunity. So you get put in a room and this guy comes in and does a presentation and he's like, this is how I work. It was a quite an old um, white guy. I sat there and thought to myself, how is he ever going to relate to me? But some of the values and some of the ethos that he spoke about yes. were definitely things that yeah. I valued as well. So that's where we connected. So I then put myself forward to be mentored by this um, guy, Shah Brian absolutely amazing man he's still my mentor to this day and um so yeah just going through that process now I say it's different to Susan's because mine was sort of like that scheduled one hour a week <laughs> um where you would sit down bang out ideas look at what's next make a time plan which um look at smart goals and really focus on what is it that I wanted to do. Now, at the point, I really wanted to be a teacher and I hadn't done my teacher training. So he really did help me to get there. He was, his sort of like method was, and any mentor's method is basically getting the answers out of you rather than drip feeding mm. you what you want to hear sort of thing. So yeah, he, he definitely is one of the most influential people that I've ever had. So I can't even say enough now. Now I'm a mentor and a coach. I've tried to instill the same sort of um, values right. to my own, yeah, yeah, to my own style. And I've That's tried right. to like, yeah. Um, you also don't realize it, but as a teacher, you're constantly a, I'm a teacher if you didn't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're constantly in that cycle of mentoring and coaching, but although it might not be formal, it's often informal, but it, it's a process that I go through pretty much every day. And being part of the program, it's really opened my eyes to um, all the different issues that especially um, black young women face. Yeah. Um, not to go into too much details, but 
the lady that I was mentoring through the program, she's really, really qualified, really enthusiastic, got, got all the qualities that she needs to be able to go into a field, yet she was finding it difficult to secure a job. So it's just about us imparting our knowledge. I mean, how's your experience been, Ash, in terms of mentoring? I think, I mean, I've over the years kind of had a bit of both. So a bit of blended informal and formal. Sport development isn't particularly a field that is, it doesn't have a a stair, a stepway. So it's not a, you get this qualification, mm. then you become, you can just go and enter any job. It's, it's kind of a multitude of things. So knowing the right people, networking, understanding a lot of different mm. areas. So I had some fantastic people, um, kind of whilst I was at university who I met through kind of uh, the the active partnership there so at Leicestershire and Rutland Sports um, a great guy called Dan who helped me with kind of my career journey probably prior to that my basketball coach Catherine James she's a fantastic woman who again I probably didn't really realize at the time it just got the best out of me um, mm. and then probably more recently I have a formal coach through work um, who as I've transitioned into my role, um, having to navigate myself and understand myself as a leader and a manager and what kind of manager. And actually Susan and I have had this conversation about, you know, I me knowing I want to be a, you know, a, a compassionate leader and a compassionate manager, but the skills and understanding the steps to, to go to, to, to reach that. And I think, you know, it's that things like active listening, it's that questioning and, and, kind of empowering mm. you to to understand you know okay this is where you want to be but what is what are the blockers what are the things that are preventing you from getting there and unpicking yeah. that and I think once you benefit from it you then it's almost like a ripple effect it's like you then want to then share that with others um, yeah. yeah and I think I think that's why when Susan obviously set this up it was like a no-brainer it was like oh yes a hundred percent like yeah want to get involved yeah. and now I'm doing my coaching and mentoring diploma yeah. and again following in Susan's yeah. footsteps so yeah. it's yeah. just like some yeah. of the questioning that they get you and it's like what I didn't even <laughs> think of that it just get, yeah. it hits deep in yeah. it it's like wow yeah. <laughs> I would just want to shout, you know, also a shout out to my mentors. So my, obviously, Dr. Takon, who is my colleague, who from the point of my professional, point of view of my professional career, and also from my mentoring leadership, um, Kate Coleman, who is also the CEO of Next Leadership. So she also is my informal mentor. I'm very interested in my growth as a, um, you know, a charity uh, founder. And, 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 and leader. So I shout out to them because they are very fantastic um, exemplary women and I, I can't say enough about mm. them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've all here, we're all black women who, who've benefited from um, being coached or being mentored. So Susan, what do you think people should know about coaching and mentoring, more specifically the young black community? Yes, it's, 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 it's something that I just cannot emphasize enough, the benefits of mentoring and coaching in the sense that with a mentor, the mentor looks at you more holistically, you know, um, with making sure that you are just brainstorming your goals, your progress. So you have somebody you can trust, whether it's a, a formal or informal arrangement. Obviously, formal arrangements 
are always, I always really, I mean, informal arrangements are good, but with a formal arrangement, you know that there is a commitment where you as the mentor, you are taking ownership of your own progress. So you seek out a mentor, you know, you can mm -hmm. seek out a mentor um, for anyone who you, you trust and you um, admire um, to ask, you can ask them to support you in, in your, with your career or anything that you feel is a barrier to your progress. Um, mm -hmm. And let's, let's be clear also that um, being a mentor is very different from being a role model. You can be mm -hmm. a mentor and a role model, but you can have somebody who is a role model who you don't have any connection at all with. Mm -hmm. And then with coaching, the thing about coaching is that um, now if you read a lot of the literature with coaching and mentoring, now they're actually referring to a mentor coach. I'm, I'm a mentor coach. You know, I go into mentoring. When I'm mentoring, within just one mentoring session, I can also do a coaching session. Now, the difference is that whereas a mentor looks at you holistically, a, a coach actually looks at performance. So you mm -hmm. want to progress in a specific area. So I'll take, you know, I like to give examples. So you, I have, if you have a, ment a mentee who is going to, for example, um, she's very nervous about, um, going for an interview and so you will coach her through an interview process you will actually mm -hmm. now move from the role of a mentor to a coach where you are now looking at the steps and obviously it will be measured by whether she gets the job or not so mm -hmm. whereas the coach and that's what um, Ash does with me as my coach you see she's my personal trainer and my coach from the physical and the sort of holistic health point of view so she knows how to measure my performance. So coaches tend to look at the performance, whereas your mentor looks at you very holistically. So both have, have benefits. And I'll be encouraging our young women to definitely, definitely look at somebody. You don't also need to have only one mentor. You can have more than one, depending on what your needs are. Um, if you are struggling with issues around race, around gender, then you know that you might want to have a, a mentor from the BAME community because it's all about being authentic. Because mm. somebody who is not from your, who is non-BAME might not really understand the difficulty. So they might understand it from a theoretical point of view, but mm. they have not lived it or had those experiences. So it would be better to look at a mentor who can you know, brainstorm those issues around race and gender whereas if you want to if you need a mentor around your career you don't need to go to um somebody from the BAME community you can you know it can be someone from the BAME community or the non-BAME community depending on what you want but definitely my take-home message will be yes 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 and yes I can't emphasize <laughs> enough enough how beneficial having a mentor particularly when you are young yeah, you know, and having a mentor with somebody to mentor you, okay, peer to peer is good. It also has its benefit because, yeah. particularly those of you who are in uni, who you know you're in first year, and yes, having a peer to peer mentor from final year would be fantastic. My own son has um, um, one of our 
mentees uh, has agreed to be a peer-to-peer -peer men mentor. You know, she just mm. finished the same university, Leeds University. He started first year and he has benefited already from one of our mentees. But having someone also who is much older than you, uh, has been through life and um, done some of these, gone through some of these um, steps that you are about to embark on, would be also beneficial. So yes, mentor, 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 um, <laughs> from everywhere, from every race, non-being, being, age, doesn't matter. As long as you know that you can measure those benefits by your progress. Mm. And I think, you know, the, the part that you discussed there around authenticity and mm -hmm. your needs is such an important part of mentoring and coaching. So where, Ray, you talked about Brian earlier, from mm -hmm. first, you know, first impressions, you probably thought, oh, I'm not sure whether this is going to meet my needs, but actually mm -hmm. seeing those values aligned, you know, that that did give you what you needed and required. And I think, again, going back to that, you know, when you're first starting out with the initiation of any mentoring or coaching is looking at what you really want to get out of it. What is that topic? Yeah. And does it need somebody or require somebody with those lived experiences? Or mm. is it somebody who has particular expertise that are going to help you? So you kind of touched on the differentiation between coaching and mentoring. For listeners who are very new to this who you know it's completely uh, fresh perspective how does this um differ from counseling and therapy where some might see there's you know that they don't necessarily possibly understand the difference between coaching mentoring yes. and counseling and therapy yeah a good 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 question a good mentor and a good or a good coach will immediately recognize when they are striding into counseling or therapy from the questions that will come from their mentee. And so they'll be able to signpost them to the right support mm -hmm. and not think that they can take on counseling. I'll give you an example. I had someone contacting us and they were clearly having problems. So they wanted to be, they wanted, they, they had heard, we do quite a lot of radio shows. And so they had heard about what we, we did. And so they wanted some advice about um, issues that they were having with their child. And then they had, then he added the fact that he had, you could see that there were relationship problems. You see, so, you know, at once I knew what they wanted and they wanted a counselor or a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so I made it very clear to them that first of all, if it's medical issues around their, their child, I know that I'm a doctor, but the hat that I, I wear as a, you know, as a, men as a mentor, in the charities, it's not a doctor's hat. Yes, we're happy to educate, to mentor parents, but we can't you know, provide medical consultations. So I referred them to the GP. And then I also advised them to, why don't they go to relate if he's having problems with their relationship? So with counseling, it's definitely will be somebody who is having a problem mm -hmm. um, that needs a specific trained person to deal with it, or they've had things in their past. So they need to explore that through therapy, okay? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, because you have life coaching and you have spiritual coaching, you know? And so it doesn't mean that you still cannot explore 
where the barriers are, you know, what is the cause of those barriers? So if you have somebody who is having relationship problems, they may have certain interpersonal skills that may be causing those relationship problems. A coach and a mentor can support that. However, in terms of they getting the actual intervention, they still need to go to a trained counselor, you see, maybe even with their spouse or the other halves. And if they actually need therapy because they may be having some post-traumatic stress problems because of what may have happened in the past, that is not the role of a mentor or a coach. It's the role of a mentor or a coach to find out what could be recurring in their lives that is causing this whatever. And then signposting them to a trained therapist who might explore what may have been going on in their past. So that's the difference. And a very good mentor... And a, and a coach will be able to know that this is not what they are trained to do and so will signpost their mentee but at the same time making sure that they are open for the mentee to discuss things in confidence with them mm-hmm. and for them to be you know encourage the mentee to go forward for help that's mm-hmm. the good that's the good mentor coach i hope i've been able to make it clear very clear <laughs> of course you have yeah you have definitely you have if we could turn back clock susan what advice would you give to your 15 year old self i think i know part of that answer the part of the answer that i know is get yourself a mentor at 12 (laughs) from 12 yes at 15 you know what um i was actually uh at 15 years, yes, I would have been obviously growing up in Ghana in a girls' Catholic boarding school. Oh, wow. And yes, so I would have been what we call form three. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a little bit of a very shy little girl. Um, well, shy? Yeah, I, Hard to believe that, Susan. Shy. <laughs> I so was shy. I really, really was a shy. I had I'm, oh. I'm not... I was shy. I was shy. I had my friends. I still have them. I've kept my friends since base, since I was a baby. Some of them are even in the mentoring. <laughs> That's who I am, you know, but I, I was quite fortunate to be surrounded by good friends. And mm. you know what? If, if we call it mentoring, one of my friends, Rosemary Aite, used to be Rosemary Saki in the United States. Shout out, shout out, if you ever hear this. She... she sort of was a bit of my mentor because it was where that's when around that was the time I found my faith you see so in terms of that area you know she was young and she probably spiritually coached me without realizing so I will say that at 15 it was one of the the turning points of my life at Mm. 15 and somehow I had somebody to to support me with that even though it was peer-to-peer yeah, but yes, mentor, mentor, mentor. But uh, I would, I, I don't regret anything I did at fifteen because I think that probably shaped the rest of my life from fifteen, yeah. sixteen, shaped the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. and that's um, I think you've just touched on another point there where you talked about peer to peer mentoring and just your network and your support bubble and just the significance that they can play in your life mm. in that sort of informal just just support as well because I think yeah you know, there is a, a part to play for a mentor and a coach, but likewise, just for general support with good, good friends, good, good family. Good friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ash. Yeah. I was 
I, I really want to advise um, our young women to surround yourself with positive people. Mm. Honestly, you don't need a crowd. You yeah. need people you can trust. You know, your some of your old friends may be the ones who might stay with you for very, very long time. Like I said, a lot of my best friends, I've known them from some of them from kindergarten. I'm not exaggerating. And they are still friends. Wow. And then from medical school, you know, so I don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't have many, many friends. I don't have many, many friends. But the few friends I have are my friends. Uh, legit. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Ash, I, fe I felt like that was a moment for one of your quotes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can't put me on the spot like that. You know, I, I was just thinking about what Susan's saying about your, you know, your, your close-knit um, friends and having them close by. And I think it goes back to our previous episode about friendships. Let's talk about friendships. Mm -hmm. And um, the quote we said there around, you have some people in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And mm -hmm. as you're touching on there, Susan, you've got some that are there for a lifetime. And, you know, likewise, there will be some that will come and go along your journey. Yes. And yes. Um, Ray and I, we, we were all soppy. We've been quite soppy recently. We've been talking about, <laughs> oh, we're so, you know, we've, we've been on this journey with each other, with um, Melanin and me. And, you know, we, we learn every, every day, every time we record an episode, every time we have WhatsApp calls or anything like that, you know, we learn. And I think it's, mm. it, it truly does make such a difference having those positive, um, like-minded uh, friends uh, around you who have, you know who wants to who wants to grow with you so yeah yeah you do you said something quite significant there you said you don't need a crowd and um mm. my mum always said that like you don't need many friends as long as you've got a few that you can call at, at 2 a.m you'd be absolutely fine you'll be fine yes yeah i agree i agree mm -hmm. i mean at least i've got some few years experience quite a lot yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> But but then when you are young, a mum. So yeah. yeah, trust me. As yeah. you get older, your actually your friendship groups shrink. Yeah, people move on. You know, they mm -hmm. have their own families, and the ones who stay are the ones who are actually. You find that they are truly. Sometimes, generally, people might move away, but mm. all the relationships that you develop and the ones that are really deep. It doesn't matter. Distance doesn't really reduce friendship at all. And you might not mm. see your best friend for years, but you are, you know, you are in touch with them because you through audio or now through all the virtual things that we're doing. But that doesn't diminish the quality mm. of the friendship at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think like one thing that I was just thinking about here is for the younger generation, there's so much connection. You know, there's so many social yeah. media platforms. There's almost that um, that need to have yes. connection with so many mm. people. And I think that the point we're touching on here is it's quality over quantity. And, yeah. you know, if we can encourage the young black community to really just, you know, I mean, I actually have it on. Um, I don't think either of you have seen. I've got a little whiteboard in my study and I have my support bubble written up down the side. Mm -hmm. um, of people that just just as a reminder to say these are you know the people in my life who I'm very very privileged to have um, just as mm -hmm. a bit of a gratification reminder and I think 
you know, rather than us thinking about how many likes we have on this post or that post or, you know, trying to reach out to get, um, you know, recognition from so many people is actually, you know, let's focus on those, those people in our life who are going to influence us and help us be the best version of ourselves. In a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. For potential, um, black women who might be thinking of taking up coaching and mentoring possibly as a profession or as um, a volunteer, how might they go about doing this? Um, and uh, particularly with your program, if somebody were interested in, in getting involved. Yes. Yes. So you just go to onto our website. It's uh, com, And the one-to-one is one O N E number two, numeral two, O-N-E, mentoring.com. And it's very, very clear. It says, uh, how do you join? How do you become a member? How to get involved? All the information is there. And then when you go on to the information, obviously there's a lot on the website about who we are, what we offer, what we provide, and how you can become in, how you can be involved. And um, so mm-hmm. once they, you, you, it's an application, very simple application form, really. You attach your CV. I think the main things that we will be looking at will be mentoring experience. As long as you've got the passion for mentoring, mm-hmm. you've mentored someone before, you've, you, you've progressed somewhat, you know, a bit in your career because you, you've, you've experienced life. So whether in education or in in a in a career you can you know even if you've not done a formal mentoring course it's fine but we are very clear that any before anyone is allocated a mentee they would have done a simple mentoring course you know which is yeah, lots of one hour online mentoring courses out there which will be worth it because that's the we've discussed the differences between coaching mentoring and it's so important to know that when you are mentoring your mentee that you know what you're doing. And also we will, we provide in-house training as well. We do have in-house training. And I know that you're a big fan of lifelong learning as well. So I think is that part of the almost criteria that those involved are committed to that? Exactly. So your mentor, as a mentor, you're committed to, and you have a passion to see how they succeed. It's simple. You know, we don't want, yes, you may not have done your mentoring training, but that's fine. You can always do that. So that shouldn't be a barrier. But for the mentee, you are motivated to want to, to succeed, you know. And so you want to come there because you want somebody more experienced um, than you to brainstorm ideas with. And so you mm-hmm. are motivated. And if you're not, then it's not for you. That all makes sense. Um <laughs> <laughs> it really did um where can listeners find out more about that wonderful work i know you've mentioned the website is there any other platforms that one-to-one mentoring are at and how can people get access to your services yes yeah, so it's everything is on the website it's a very very good well done website and yeah. self-explanatory so okay. yeah we have quite a lot of content on there we have podcasts and uh, we have a face group as well um uh, Facebook we have got a group we, we you can follow us on Instagram Twitter but all those leads are on the website so once you okay. get to the website you can then decide navigate. navigate the website to see where you can find some of our content yeah you are doing a fantastic job I must say well done ladies thank you thank you so much oh, we really appreciate it and um, so obviously the, the website is the hub for finding out all the information. Um, obviously, just bearing in mind, uh, listeners, that one-to-one mentoring is a charity. So if you're looking to support 
um, a charity this year, you're thinking about doing some fundraisers, go ahead and support one-to-one. Um, you can access this on their GoFundMe page um, and we'll put all of the information into the footnotes so you can um, you can be directed to that. So touching on fundraisers, um, just, just <laughs> you're welcome. Just going to drop in there as well that um, I will be doing a fundraiser this year through um, my Miss Caribbean UK fundraiser. Um, and that will be <laughs> that will be being launched in coming months. So keep your eyes peeled, um, and I'll, I'll also be sharing that um, on my pages. So looking forward to raising some funds to support some of the incredible work that um, Dr. Susan Ozer is is doing with One to One. Um, before we just leave you, um, we did want to say one um, kind of last message, just because we do have Doc in the house. We just want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID, yeah, yeah. <laughs> COVID jab um we've we've been talking about this obviously it's been in the news a lot and knowing that it's it's something that we some people are more kind of educated on than others some uh, are not necessarily sure there's anxieties there's there's lots of things happening um around the the COVID vaccination so from the BAME community, um, Susan, what is it, what kind of message do you want to share for that? Because I know that you've had yours um, in December. Oh, yes, I, I have had mine. And yes, um, thank you for giving me the opportunity because you know how this is uh, something that is very, very, um, it's on my heart. Uh, and as a doctor, um, I any any opportunity that opportunity at all that I, I get to do some health education, I jump at it. Although I know Ash and Rena, you're getting this two for the price of one, but that, that's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> two for the price of one. Okay, so yes, so the problem we have now is that it's it's very clear. The research is showing that the BAME community, there's when it comes to our community, there's this uh, vaccine hesitancy. So they are looking at it and they are exploring the reasons. And there are so many reasons why people might not want to take the vaccine. It could be spiritual reasons. Um, but one of the common things is uh, that's out there is that people feel that the DNA, the, the virus, the vaccine is going to alter their DNA. And I think it's because of the BioNTech and the Moderna vaccine. So we've got two mm -hmm. types of vaccines, right? We've got the Oxford-AstraZeneca, and then we've got the BioNTech and the, the Moderna. Yes. Yeah? So in the UK, you've got the BioNTech one, and then in the um, you've got the um, Oxford-AstraZeneca. The Oxford-AstraZeneca is the, the one historically known where you have a vaccine which is made up of a weakened form of a virus, you inject in the virus, okay, but it's a weakened form, so it's not going to cause disease, it gets into the body, and then the antibodies are made in response to it, so that's what people know, but now with the BioNTech Oxford and, and the, uh, the BioNTech, sorry, the BioNTech ones and the Moderna ones, it's a completely different mechanism, it's called the uh, mRNA mechanism, so it's actually synthesized in a laboratory, so they synthesize this substance and they code it. So, you know, when you look at the virus, it's got the spikes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the pictures that you've seen. Okay. So they just take a bit of that spiky protein. Yes. And encode. So it obviously has the virus's DNA. Encode the virus with this spiky thing and then manufacture it and then inject it. Okay. What this does is almost like what we call a prototype. It's an amazing technology. So as soon as it's injected, what it does when it goes into the body is that it then will instruct the body to 
to start making something like that same spiky protein. Mm. And so the body starts making it. It's a it's an immune, it, it presents it to our immune cells. It's a it's a special cell it's called a cell called the dendritic cell. It's an immune cell. It's so clever. Yeah. So the dendritic says that thank you for giving me that prototype. I am going to make these same cells. Okay. So it makes the cells. And then as soon as this dendritic cell makes the cells, it presents it to what we call the first line of defense in the body called the T cell. Mm -hmm. So the T cells right. recognizes that mm, this this cell, this cell, this cell, this virus spiky protein thing, this, we don't know it. So the T cell says, okay, B cells, check this out. Check this out. <laughs> this cell has been made in person A's body. Do you like it? B cell says, no, that's mm -hmm. our antibody. Okay. So then the body starts making the B cells start levels of the B cells start rising to this thing that the pro as once the prototype does its job, it's released. It goes. But then the body starts releasing and making its own little proteins. Yeah, like the spiky protein. Then the T cell says, mm -mm, we don't like this. B cell says, I, I'm sure, Mr. T cells, we don't like this. So then the B cell starts making the antibodies, waiting for the actual virus to strike. So if the virus strikes you, the B cells remember that, oh, isn't it that prototype that we started making and we started releasing it? Then they go after the COVID. So mm -hmm. when the cell enters, that mRNA enters the body and it's, it, it, it attaches to the immune cells, it doesn't attach to the nucleus of this of the our cells it attaches to the surface of the cell now the nucleus of a cell is where you have the dna you see mm -hmm. so the mrna prototype doesn't affect doesn't penetrate it just sits on the surface of the cell of the immune cell that's all it doesn't mm -hmm. penetrate through the cytoplasm and into the nucleus because if it does that's where it will go and attack our DNA. And that is why they've told us over and over again that it does not affect our DNA. So this is the mechanism of the biotech and the Moderna. It is a new synthetic mechanism, and that's the way it acts. It just um, stimulates antibodies in a different way. That's all. Yeah, compared to your AstraZeneca that actually has to deal with the actual virus. This one does it in a completely, so it's cheaper, it's, it's very effective, it's very cost effective and less side effects. They all have side effects, but less side effects. Yeah, I think it's less side effects. Don't know. Let's not quote me, but I think so. Yeah. Thank you so much for that in-depth explanation, <laughs> Susan, because it's just so wonderful because you're so passionate yeah. in your profession. And I, in my head, I was thinking yeah. I could feel another storybook coming on because I can well, genuinely yeah. see yeah. pediatric mode. <laughs> yeah. Watch this space. Watch this space. My brain is... Um, feel it's all buzzing now it's like wow i need to go and read up more about this vaccine <laughs> yes yes yeah i think it's good good idea yeah. yeah so it's better for people to read about it and make a an informed choice than listen to all mm -hmm. the conspiracy theories out there because mm -hmm. the vaccines will protect you it will protect mm -hmm. you it will protect your community it will protect your family and so it's better to you know if you want to listen to the conspiracy fine but also make sure you go to credible sources mm -hmm. and particularly the mm -hmm. NHS sites to, to, to read about the vaccine. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Susan. We really, well. really appreciate your knowledge, <laughs> your wonderful presence and all you exude. 
So that's a wrap on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you gained something positive from listening in, whether that be you gained a new perspective, got some tips and tricks to motivate and inspire you, or it's just made you smile. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and leave a review so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes and so we can bring you more of the content that you love. Until next time, stay blessed, wear that crown with pride and keep shining.